It is Friday, April 7th, 2023, and welcome to episode 204 of Fault Lines, the National Security Institute's podcast that gets you quickly up to speed three times a week on the national security and foreign policy debates shaking up America. I'm here once again today with Jessica Jones, who shares her name with Marvel's deeply tormented crime fighter, and but is actually a national security superhero with Les Munson, the former staff director of the Senate Foreign Relations Committee, and me, Jamil Jaffer. So late last week, the Chinese government announced that it would conduct a quote-unquote cybersecurity review of Micron Technology, a leading U.S. memory chip maker, ostensibly to ensure that its supply chain would be protected against foreign threats, like apparently American threats. Now, this Chinese review of Micron comes on the heels of an aggressive effort by the U.S. government announced last October to limit Chinese access to American, Japanese, and European technology for high-end chips, the high-end chips themselves, and chip-making equipment. Um, and so this Micron effort is seen largely as a way for the Chinese to retaliate for our October announcement. Now, economic tensions with the U.S. and China have been high for a while. Um, they've been going on since the no kidding trade war that uh, Donald Trump kicked off in 2018, 2019, when he imposed significant tariffs on China, including $500 billion on Chinese goods. Now, of course, that deal got resolved in 2020 in the Trump administration. But since the Biden administration has taken office, they have been focused on some of these national security and technology efforts, particularly when it comes to China. Um, and we've seen increasing efforts building on what the Trump administration did to limit Chinese access to U.S. technology, allied technology, and the like, including uh, the October effort. So, and never, let's not forget about, obviously, the Trump team's ban on Huawei and the ongoing discussions about banning TikTok. So there is this U.S.-China trade thing is hot. Now, there's a huge amount of trade between the U.S. and China, so we got to get into that. Is this something we can sustain? Do we want to really go to war with China over chips? We just agreed to invest. Congress is going to invest $50 billion in domestic chip making. Can we can we fight this battle and can we win it? And if so, is it the right battle to pick? Les, what do you think? So here's what I think. Um, I think if, if the U.S. is focused on high-end chips and other high-tech sectors of the economy that are directly related to U.S. national security, so I'm talking about artificial intelligence, uh, you know, some biological uh, technology issues, yes, we should be working very hard on pulling apart our the U.S. economy and the Chinese economy in these areas, and we should be taking steps to kind of thwart their ability to exploit uh, our our markets in this area because it's not in our interest to do anything to help the Chinese military become more advanced. On the rest of the stuff, I think it's a fool's errand to engage in trade war and industrial policy from the government level. I have a lot more faith in markets uh, in, and what markets can do to advance U.S. interests and values, frankly, than any kind of decisions from the U.S. government. It is it is a fantasy to think that Congress and the president can carefully craft an economic approach that will benefit the U.S. economy at the expense of strategic sectors in the Chinese economy when we're speaking very broadly. I don't like these tariffs on trade between the U.S. and China unless they're highly targeted to the national security area. Uh, I don't like broad export controls on every single thing. I think vastly better if we remain focused and targeted. When we get very broad, we start making a lot of mistakes that are counter uh, that are counter to our own interests. So, Jess, less would have us rely on the very market that has led us to this complete, near complete reliance on China. I mean, what, what, I, what I, do you think? I, I mean, yes, yay, capitalism and private sector. But I, I, I think we'll be waiting a long time 
for the private sector to be, you know, on the same page as U.S. national security interests. I mean, I feel like regular on the show, we call out private sector, like the NBA needs to do more to call out China. Like we, we talk a lot about the private sector isn't like, like waving the flag and doing enough. And yet we're right here talking about semiconductors and chips and and vexed technologies, and we're still waiting on them. And so I'm, you know, I get Les's point that the U.S., how much can the U.S. promote incentivize, you know, that's the open question of whether that's, you know, how effective that can be. But I don't like the position of we should just wait and let the market dictate what it's going to do it let, the market's going to dictate the correct way to go i don't i don't think that's the answer yeah i think that's exactly right i'm a big believer in the markets but this idea somehow that we should just stick with what we've done thus far which has made us addicted to taiwanese and foreign manufacturing semiconductors right and do nothing to really incentivize american companies to, to build here and to disincentivize or to prevent chinese companies from getting access to the most advanced technologies i think that's crazy unless you limit it to just military technologies it's not that clean a distinction right the the very chip that is in this iPhone that I have in my hand is the same chip that powered, that powered supercomputers just a few years back. And that is how fast technology is moving. There's no clear line between military chips on one side, advanced vectors on the other. And by the way, all these commodity chips that everyone says aren't that big a deal. And yes, we should just let the Chinese build those. Those are in every single device. They're, they're throughout this iPhone. They're throughout this laptop. They're throughout this microphone that we're using, right? It literally, it's the reason why you can't buy cars today in America is because commodity chips are being are being are being limited from 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 asia and so less like your your slavish reliance on the market which by the way you've never had before doesn't work here i love the market uh listen (laughs) i don't disagree actually jamil with a lot of your points except you have to balance that with uh this this other fact that the u.s and chinese economies are inextricably linked we rely on them they rely on us And if you were to totally divorce the two economies, it would be catastrophic for the U.S. economy. It would be catastrophic for the Chinese economy. It would be catastrophic for U.S. national security and stability of the global order. So every every concern you have, not a straw man at all, every concern you have is legitimate. You have to balance it with the reality of uh, things like the CHIPS Act, as well-intentioned as they are, don't change the fundamental economic reality that it is very difficult to build commoditized chips in the United States for a bunch of economic reasons that are deep and profound. And one bill that subsidizes companies is not going to change that. Okay, no one less, is saying. Right. Less in yeah, the show, we talk about competition with China. Uh, you know, upcoming conflict with China. So we need to position ourselves now for what might be an upcoming conflict. So yeah, it's chips today. It's something the next day. So like, where do we actually start to get smart and start like shoring up American resources? Like it's not chips. Like what are we going to do in five years when we need to actually be producing manufacturing, whether it's here in the U S or with our allies or partners? Like, I I feel like we talk here, you you bring up conflict a lot with China less, but you're not preparing us for this conflict right now. You know what, you know what I'd much rather see the U S do. I would like to see us cut business taxes, cut regulation, <laughs> make the U.S. a more inviting environment for uh, for investment of our domestic resources and foreign direct investment. That's what we ought to be doing. Strengthen the Again. U.S. economy. That is how we will ultimately prevail. <laughs> These artificial barriers determined by government bureaucrats are not going to work. You're right. I was Who for a week disagrees? in U.S. Economy. Nobody's saying don't cut taxes. Yeah. yeah. yeah nobody, nobody disagrees with, with, with reducing regulations and cutting taxes less. The problem is that your theory is, well, we, that's, if we just do that at all, the problems will magically go away. That's a joke. Like, let's be real, right? The reality is, is that we are addicted to China and not just for T-shirts. It's one thing to rely. And nobody's cut, talking about cutting off the American economy from China altogether. Yes, nobody they said are. that. Yes, they are. 
Not yes, on this podcast. Okay, straw man, not on this podcast. We're talking about we're talking about advanced semiconductors, and you wouldn't even go there because you have this like, you know, this fake argument that you've made that nobody else is making on this podcast. All right, well, that's a wrap. <laughs> Thanks to you, Les, and to Jess for being here. Thanks to Brooke Khan and Claude Jennings uh, and Rachel Domino for helping put together this podcast. Tune in again next Monday to our podcast that gets you smart fast three times a week on the national security debates, shaking up America. And if you like what you heard, please rate, review, and subscribe so more people can get into the fault lines groove.